Hello, Andrea Tasman. Hello, Kirk Buckner. July 5th, 2008. Do you remember what you might have been doing? Or maybe what you weren't doing? I wasn't kissing a girl. Okay. Um, but I was probably working. And um, preemptively, I can say that I definitely at some point around this time was dancing to this song in a club. Well, I was kissing a girl who happens to be my wife. Then and now. <laughs> but there were other things that might have been going on. In the tennis world. Yeah, what else was going on? Oh, I'll tell you. Venus Williams defeated Serena Williams to win Wimbledon. And Serena is still playing today. That's that's incredible. Yep. If you went to the movies, you might have been watching this piece of shit called Hancock. Which Yeah, that wasn't great. I had high high hopes, but it not great. I think we should have known right there when uh, when it's this cool idea of a drunken superhero. Okay, that's interesting. Never seen that. Uh, Will Smith. Okay, it's usually not a miss. But this, we're talking 2008, so this this was well before he did that stupid sci-fi movie with this kid. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember what it was called. It doesn't matter. But then when it was called Hancock, like, okay, that's the guy's name. You couldn't have come up with something else. That should have been a big tip-off. Not to be a pun off Hancock. See what I did? I got it. I yeah. got it. Anyway, moving on. What else is going on? Well, that was pretty much it for that for that type of thing. Because if you were listening to the radio and you were, and you were at the club and you were hearing this first hit by Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl. And I told you last week why I picked it. Because I have never been more wrong on a hit song in my life in trying to prognosticate the future of this artist. And so in between last week and this week, I was trying to figure out why I got it so wrong. And I think I came up with it. Okay, tell me. Okay, so I was first remembering a song about four years before that, maybe four or five. Do you remember Tattoo? All the things you said, all the things you said, running through my head, da, 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 da. that one? Yeah. Fun beat, pretty, actually a really good dance pop song, but about two girls from Russia essentially escaping, trying to learn about their whole budding lesbianism or romance, except for one thing. A, they weren't lesbians, or bi for that matter. B, after another minor hit, you never heard from them again. So, mm-hmm. here I am listening to Katy Perry, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's interesting. I don't hate it. I don't really care for it either. But this is way too gimmicky, and you never, and you very rarely build a career off, off doing something gimmicky. But then I guess we it's should true. start. Yeah, but I guess we should start back with what I didn't know. So, which is a hell of a lot, as it turns out. And that's not just regarding Katy Perry. It's just in life. I don't know a whole much of everything. I, I don't. That doesn't even sound like an English word. I don't know that either. English sounds. I don't know much of everything. <laughs> Anything. Jesus Christ. Good thing I'm deciding to do podcasts, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, knowledge doesn't help you at all there. No. No. I had no idea that Katy Perry... Born Katie Hudson, which is sort of relevant here, 
was a Christian singer. I did not either. I did not know she was born the daughter of not one but two uber Christian pastors. No, one's not enough. <laughs> um, the only music she was allowed to listen to was Christian mm-hmm. or the um, soundtrack to um, oh crap, what's that Whoopi Goldberg movie? Um, oh, uh, uh, Sister Act? Sister Act, yes. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to be forced to listen to the soundtrack of one Whoopi Goldberg movie, I think I'd get really tired of hearing Unchained Melody. So (laughs) maybe that's not the worst thing. As long as it wasn't Eddie, where she played the Knicks head coach. But I could go on and on about that. I'm not going to. Yeah, so I I had no idea. So that's where she essentially did her first album, uh, which sold. Did you see how many albums it sold? Very few. 200. <laughs> I just saw that it was a flop. I didn't see the actual number, but that's, uh, I think that's beyond a flop. I think you and I could put something together. Just sell it to our friends and do better than 200. I think so. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you provide the 190. I don't have very many friends. And some of ours overlap, so, and you're more persuasive than I am, even though I used to be in sales. Yeah, I think we could we could probably sell two hundred albums. We probably but, could. Hey, did you did you listen to it? I found uh, it on YouTube. I listened to a bit of it, not very much. Yeah, me too. I, that was enough. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible so, what I heard? I don't know anything about Christian music, but it didn't sound bad. No, I just I think that Christian music is a very niche market, and you probably need to know the right people to get your music out to the right environment in order for it to sell. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, and so she didn't she, have the backing. And, yeah, continue. Yeah. Oh, no. So she, um, apparently, and this is based on what was the Katie Couric interview I saw with her, she she was inspired by Jagged Little Pill. Opal, leave the squeaky toy alone. Opal's trying to get in on the conversation here. Yes, Opal, Opal uh-huh. is a beautiful black lab, in case people are wondering... All the, all, the, all the men who were sort of like hoping that they might have a shot with Andrea, you still do. Opal's a dog. <laughs> um, so anyways, she said that she was inspired by Jagged Little Pill, where Alanis Morissette, formerly Alanis, reimagined uh, herself and released a massively successful album. Boy, did she ever. So... So anyways, uh, yeah, she ends up uh, changing her image, and um, she got signed by two different record labels, two different big, Columbia and another one. Both of them dropped her. Yeah. So, and then she was pretty much told that she should just give up, because she was never going to make it, you know? She was damaged goods at this point, nobody, a third out record label isn't going to sign her, but uh, that apparently it'll turn around for. Well, interesting enough, you brought up Jagged Little Pill. See, I, I didn't see that interview that that you're that, uh, you referring to or I didn't hear it, uh, but at some point around 2001, 2002, she met up with Glenn Ballard, who produced and wrote many of the songs on 
jagged little pill. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. So he apparently became her mentor of sorts. And it seems like it was a super slow process because I think he signed her around 2001, 2002. I might be a little bit off on that. And uh, we know she didn't really hit it till 2008. But in between that, there was little glimpse of it. So I didn't know. Another thing I didn't know that she was that she also appeared uh, as a backup singer for POD, like a Christian heavy metal band. That's actually oh, not too bad. They're, they're, yeah, they're not a bad band actually. So like a lot of, I mean, they're Christian, but they don't always sing Christian stuff, which might be why I don't mind them so much. So she worked on that, and then I found, and I sent this to you today. Uh, from the 2005 uh, YouTube thing, where I guess just where I guess Ballard put it all together, trying to really sell her to a label, because Ballard had done quite a bit, but he wasn't really he didn't have a label, and yeah. which t- a song turned in called "Sex Sells," which is about as far away as you can get from whatever was she was doing in 2000. Uh, what did you think of that song? I was a bit flabbergasted. Um, it was too accurate, mm-hmm. and it really undermined her whole. Uh, well, we haven't gotten to it yet, but really, if you look at her interviews and everything when she's talking about "I Kissed a Girl" and about, she basically is saying that you know when when it um, you know it's not something good girls do, and all of this naughty references in I Kissed a Girl, where mm-hmm. she's really, like, rebelling against her Christian upbringing in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, tee-hee, oh, I'm a, a naughty girl for doing this. But didn't um, feel like her. Either. And then to hear that sex sells song, it's like, you can't play that, oh, hee-hee, I'm being a naughty good girl, when you also recorded a song basically saying, all I sell is sex. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel so, genuine, and also the music backing it wasn't very good. Mm-mm. No, the song wouldn't have gone anywhere. It's good that it wasn't released, mm-hmm. um, but that's just my opinion. No, I agree. But uh, did you? I then looked up other unreleased Katy Perry songs, mm. which was a fun little rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> Do you know she wrote a song called Milk, Milk, Lemonade? No. Which I had to go and double check that it wasn't the one that Amy Schumer released. Which it wasn't, oh. but Schumer yeah. probably stole it because that's what she does. No, it's not the same lyrics at all. Yeah, well. Also, I'll, don't diss Amy uh, Schumer. Oh well, I, I've got a there, I got a whole rabbit hole of her being a joke thief that you can go down. But I I will actually bring myself back on topic rather than make you do it. Okay. No, I actually said so that meant you continue. I wasn't going to go on Amy Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to bring. Uh, you know. No, I wanted to hear about like no, just, about milk, milk, a, lemonade. It was a lemonade weird song. little rabbit hole of um, weird song titles that never got released. Some of them got released by other people later, but uh, yeah, that was all. I just wanted to bring up the milk, milk, lemonade thing. I gotta find that. That is my. I don't, sorry, I just. Uh, I couldn't find the actual recording. I could only oh, find lyrics. So oh, you'll right. have to. You'll have to try to find a recording of it. I'm definitely going to try to find that. So Ballard works with her and then gets her assigned with, uh, which was it? Capital. 
And that brings up then the net, the final piece of the puzzle. Another guy I wasn't that familiar with. I mean, I heard the name, but then I remembered where I heard it from. DJ Luke, who had that big sort of issue with Kesha that you and I had talked about off air about doing a future Kesha show. Because Kesha accused her, him of a lot of Im- improper things that we can get into on another time when we talk about Kesha. But... Uh-huh. Yeah, Kesha, before she was a star, was in this music video. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know when we'll ever get to that. I know we will at some point. I don't know if we want to give another year to see where her career continues to go. But at some point, one of us is going to pick it. I know that. One of us will pick that TikTok song, guaranteed. So I looked up all the yep. stuff that... Uh, this guy did up uh, to so production wise. He started in 98. And then the first thing that he ever did that I ever heard of, which was kind of crap, but he made it sound like it wasn't terrible. Kelly Osbourne with the shut up song, which is, but then in uh-huh. 2004, he gets a stride going Kelly Clarkson. Uh, you know, he did since you've been gone uh, behind these hazel eyes. Uh, but like pretty much almost anyone who was in uh, on American Idol, like Bo Bice, a few others here that I can see, uh, Daughtry, Pink, uh, You and Your Hand, Who Knew, uh, what else? Uh, Lady Sovereign, who I really, really like, but then we'll never, never talk, talk about her. Avril Lavigne, Girlfriend, uh, Leona Lewis, and then we get to Katy Perry. So he'd already figured out how to how to sort of like really package everything that Glenn and Katie had worked with. And bang, we get this smash album, a debut that's not really a debut, One of the Boys. But before – I learned this too. And it feels like it wasn't all that long ago, but now this seems so dated. She released a, a promo song on MySpace. God damn. Did you ever have a MySpace page? I did, yes. I might still have it. I don't know if I've tried to log into it in 20 years. But I did have a MySpace page. I don't even know if MySpace even exists anymore. I think it does. I believe it still exists. But I'm not sure. Anyway, she released on MySpace. Yeah, which was uh, the one song that we briefly talked about, you and I, that I didn't even know existed. But it's also on that album, uh, You're So Gay. Which sounds pretty bad. I but you know what? Then I finally listened to that song. I don't hate that song. You know, watch the accompanying I, video to it. She's presenting it in a way. I, kind of I dug it. Enjoyed the video. Like yeah. it was. Uh, so if you just read the lyrics, you're like, "This is trashing gays." Really, what she's saying is that she's dating this guy who's super metrosexual mm-hmm. and obviously is more into himself than her and basically wasn't the last word something about you don't have a penis the last yeah i mean so well i mean it was essentially if i remember right i mean it was almost like dolls using like like a ken doll yeah it was barbie dolls yeah barbie dolls it was Katy perry sitting in a field of daisies like cartoon daisies strumming her guitar and singing cut into the the actual storyline acted mm-hmm. out with Barbie and Kendall. 
Yeah, and I went in like ready to hate it. Now, I know last week I used sort of the word gay when describing the music video of Mick Jagger and David Bowie. And I, you know what? I stand by that. And I think I get where Katie was completely coming from because intent is everything. I believe that. Yes. And I honestly don't think she was trashing gays or being no. homophobic at all. Not in the I least. I think it was, she was using the terminology of the time. She was basically saying, like, you're so gay, but you don't actually like guys. Like, mm-hmm. you're, like, what, I, I don't get what's going on with you because you don't seem to like me, but you don't seem to like boys. Like, are you in the closet? Like, what's going on? Well, also, but. too, that was when the first wave of metrosexuality was coming out uh, with... If I remember right, didn't Queer Eye for the Straight Guy show up That's around probably that? right around then. Yeah. So I think the whole term metrosexual, I mean, it's also this whole questioning. And I, it's, it's weird that I don't want to get into the whole thing on gender fluidity because I'm certainly not qualified to talk about that. But that might have been sort of the start of that and then redefining or reimagining what some words mean. Fair to say? Yep, I think so. Okay. So then we get I Kissed the Girl. And then I, I, what did you think the first time you heard it? I really, I wanted to hate it. Because mm-hmm. I kind of hated it at first. Um, and then I kind of grew to enjoy the silly, poppy sound of it. But um, really, I just took it as, this was like the heyday of Girl Gun Wild. Like, this was when... Girls were making out of the I'm sure they still do, but I haven't been to a club in a long time. But girls were making out of the club to yep. get the guys non and aroused. Like, they weren't... It's a bunch of generally straight girls making out for status and clout and uh, to turn on their boyfriends. That's and exactly what this was. even references that in the song. Yeah. You know, with that, hope my boyfriend don't mind it. It's like, all of it's just like, winking at the camera, look at how cute we are in our, you know, pajamas having pillow fights. Um, Mm. Like, the video isn't, it's not about a bisexual woman or about gender fluidity or sexual fluidity, as she claims later. It's still, I fully believe, is about girls kissing other girls when they're drunk to make the boys think they're hotter. That's exactly what it is. Cause I'm glad you brought that up. Cause at that point you would have been, you're, you were going to the clubs and uh, we being eight years older and, and married at that point, my clubbing days were long over. Uh, I ever tell you why I stopped going to the clubs and no. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a little sidestep here, but when I started dating Pauline, she was my wife, she was 23 and I was 30. And so then we were together for a while, and she's like, how come, how come you never take me to a club? I said, like, because I have no reason to go. Like, why? You're the reason. <laughs> and, and she looks at me like, it's like, do, have you, did you ever go out with your, with your girlfriend just to go out and dance? Like, yeah. And I always saw a bunch of guys do that. No, that's not why we were there. And then she got Yeah, it. you were there to watch the girls dance. Well, it was, yes. And then... Hopefully, other things might transpire. But yes, uh, very rarely did it ha- work that way for me. But 
you know, like Gretzky said, you miss every shot you don't take. Mm-hmm. Still missed a lot. I would have been cut pretty early from that team. But anyway. So, yeah, but I still remember, like, days before, like, going to parties or other stuff like that, where there'd be, you know, two girls trying to get your attention or just trying to get make themselves the center of attention. Not necessarily getting a guy's attention, but it's like, hey, look at me. Look how cool we are. And I think that's why it turned off some people in the LGBT community. Uh, and, and you had something that you, you were looking up to that we talked about before air with Jill Sobel. Yeah, um, she had a song about 10 years, I think it was 95 that mm-hmm. that came out, so yep. 12 or 14 years earlier, that yep. called I Kissed a Girl, mm-hmm. and um, the, the video of it is of two women dressed in very 1950s housewife styles that are neighbors, it's a very cartoon, cutesy sort of, they're, they're neighbors and the friend comes over and like, they... They have an affair and kind of sneak around behind their husband's back, but they're so happy they have this connection. And it's a, it's about, you know, it's not about cheating on their husband necessarily, but it's about having found this this secret and this like, and it's not a bad song, but it really does show, it, it shows the right side of, you know, oh, hee-hee, it's naughty and taboo, but not because we're trying to make it sexy to the men. We're not, like, they're not swingers. They're not slutters right. in front of their husbands. They're, like, have found this this naughty, but, you know, it's, it's the 50s. It's providing them with some, probably, stimulation that their husbands never gave them. Yeah, and, it's, you know, it's very introspective where this one is very look-at-me. Mm-hmm. So the video, I, yeah, exactly. I don't, I can't even remember watching it back because, like, back then, I mean, like, Jesus, like, videos have been almost a dead medium for so long. I didn't. The video channel even plays videos like MTV. Much music don't play it, so you know you got to source that stuff out. So I was watching that that video for like probably the first time in ten years. I forgot about so much of this stuff and then so i guess that's for most people myself included the first time they ever saw katie perry you know with these beautiful big eyes this zooey dashanel vibe only cuter if that makes sense yeah yep yeah because that's sort of like what i was picking up on and then but she in that video she's playing so innocent in a way obviously to tease you know in that whole britney spears hit me baby one more time without putting her in a schoolgirl uniform but it might as well have been and just the strategically pay, placed cat, <laughs> you know, by her waist that she's stroking. So that way she can say, well, we know where we're, we're supposed to go with that, with what she's stroking. And the whole thing was very, like, pushing these weird, bound, weird boundaries of innocence, which I guess you could sort of say if you're not really doing that. Before and even at the end, I think that last that last thing where she's just in bed with her boyfriend is it she waking up or sleeping with this shit eating grin on her face, and we know it's not because of him. <laughs> and I guess we're also supposed to think, well, maybe it was a fantasy that she never actually did it, which is almost like an out. Yeah. 
Because 2008 is so much different than 2021. It's like if, if you had a friend who says, hey, I kissed a girl, and they were always straight, and you'd go like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, pour me another glass of wine. Tell me a bit about it, but not too much, because uh, something good's on TV. I don't know. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah that, that's generally. Like, oh, it's only now? Uh, <laughs> how old are you? Yeah, well, yeah, because... Okay. What, what, what led to this year of, these years of sexual repression? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, but it wouldn't be yeah, so, like, different. yeah, I mean, there's certainly no, like, really? Like, oh, my God, there's no, there's none of that. It's like, well, it's almost like, well, good for you if that's something that you want to do. So it's exactly, a totally yeah. different thought process in just 13 years. And if you look at her interviews, I don't know what's true about whether she actually kissed a girl or not. So here's my impression of her. She's she is stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at this what was it, twenty ten she was deemed like the sexiest woman alive or oh, something. Was she? Um mm-hmm. Okay, I d I didn't know that. Yeah, she uh she yeah. Um she's she's gorgeous. She's got this beautiful curvy figure with big boobs but not too big. Mm-hmm. And she's got those stunning Blue eyes. I thought she was much prettier with dark hair. I thought that the Agreed. contrast of the blue eyes and the dark hair was was a better look than the blonde. But she um, and she's got this perfect, sweet girl next door vibe going for. And she's playing off of that and the naughty taboo thing. Um, and she knows exactly what she's doing. Oh, absolutely. Or, if she doesn't, whoever is is creating her image knows what. Like, this is entirely built and contrived. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into interviews, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, with this innocent, oh, very soft Vulcan, I still believe in good Christian values, I'm so sweet and innocent, and look at how pretty I am, and look at my boobies. Um, I I don't know why I find that so funny the way you're doing that. I just find it really funny. (laughs) But so anyway, so there's, it's, it's all put on as far as I'm, I can tell. I, I'm sure she's got a Jesus tattoo on her wrist. I'm sure she really, you can't be brought up in that kind of an environment and still be part of your parents' life. It would be different if she had completely cut them out and moved on, but they made it, they have cameos in some of her videos and like, they're still in her life. So she's obviously not given up on the Christian thing entirely. Um, but her image is created and manufactured and crafted beautifully. And then she comes out, I don't remember when it was when she came out saying that she's actually gender fluid, or not gender fluid, but sexually fluid and bisexual, and she just, you know, this this song was about her teenage fantasies that she had to repress, and yeah, I'm like, bullshit I, on that. you can say all of that, and sure, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, there is not a single instance that I could find of her in any sort of even slightly homosexual relationship. Yeah, the same. And also her stories were even sort of like altering even at that time. 
So I, I'd see a lot where she'd say like, "Oh no, just uh, just fantasy play," and then she w- she said later it's because some creepy guys would be asking that. Okay, I get that. I, I, I totally get that. Having said that, she also said that to a gay magazine around the same time. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that the interviewer wasn't trying to mack on her. I mean, that that's me making an assumption that the writer wasn't. Uh, Damn it! I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Needless to say, so yeah, you're, you're right. Like later on, I think it was like 2017. Then she would later on say like, "Oh yeah, and I did a lot more than kiss a girl, and, and I had to pray the gay away in these camps." Like bullshit. Like, yeah, that, that's I a popular, don't, easy narrative I, I to agree get people. With you. I don't, to like, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, it's I'm not saying for sh- well, I guess I did say said <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, I'll just stick with that. I, I don't believe Kate, Katie at all. And like you said, there's this giant machine behind her. Does this and everything got so politicized? So, what makes you almost in this weird thing that you wouldn't think of ten years ago? What makes you more accessible? Well, to say that I was bi curious and did stuff. That that's, mm-hmm. that's makes you more accessible in left wing thinking and the whole music. In the whole music and world. And it, it makes her more likable in general because she can say that and then say, no, no, I wasn't just making this song about kissing a girl in a bar so that my boyfriend would be turned on. But actually, I was. it is a lesbian anthem because I'm identifying as LGBTQ in well, some way. It helps her take back the song. Which could be, in retrospect, a song that lyrically, I think you and I might agree, it doesn't age well, even though it's only a dozen years old. No, and I think most critics agree with that. And I even even Katy Perry said in something I saw that she uh, she agrees it doesn't age well, and if it, she were to go back and redo it, she would change some of the lyrics. Um, but the whole point is, the song is completely contrived, built, created to be a success. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a catchy riff. It's a snappy, poppy chorus. It's singable. It's uh, again, I think it just perfectly fits the time mm-hmm. that it was just slightly shocking enough. To get to be edgy while still being very mainstream, and then that's where I got it wrong. I wouldn't have, I would not have said that this would have been a one-hit wonder had I actually listened to the whole album, which I didn't download because the back then I think we were no, wait, no, Napster was pretty much done by then, and iTunes really hadn't picked up. Either way, I wasn't going to buy it. But on that same album, one of the boys was hot and cold. Had I heard that, I would have known that was another perfect pop song. Not my type of music, but I... I nope, but it was a good song. But it was certainly something that I could see, like, okay, that's going to be a hit. So, and then, look at all the shit she's done since. So, Hot and Cold, uh, California Girls, Teenage Dream, Firework, those are just number one. I'm just rattling off number number ones. Firework yeah. is our number four. E.T., number one, five. Last Friday night went number Roar. one. Hmm? Roar. Roar, yeah. I mean, like, that's another one. Uh, Dark Horse, holy crap. 
Like this yep. is just crazy. The amount of success she had. I, I, I don't know if she's winding down. Her last. I don't think so. Well, her I'm, last album. I'm, she's going to come out with something again. Yeah, but her last album did not do well. Wasn't that with Dark Horse? No, because uh, there was a, an album that came out in 2020, or, or released late 2019, called oh. Smile. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, I barely know this myself. And she had a bunch of uh, non-album singles here. Swish, Swish. Was that one album was that? That was a stupid-ass song. <clears throat> so she hasn't had a top ten hit since... Chain to the Rhythm, 2000, oh shit, 2017. Wow. Wow. But at the same time, she's dating Orlando Bloom. So, oh, what, I what, mean, what, what does that elf have that I don't have? <laughs> don't answer that. Don't. I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, looks, talent, a oh, huge so schlong. Yeah. So how do you go from Russell Brand to Orlando Bloom? These are like diametric opposites, in my opinion. Well, then I... So I kind of have a crush on both of them for very different reasons. Who would you rather? Uh, Orlando Bloom's pretty, but Russell Brand's like weirdly interesting. So I'd probably go with weirdly interesting. I thought that's where you would go. (laughs) I did. So pretty much I've already found dates for you and Marky Mark and Russell Brand. I would have dated him because he's hot, but that wouldn't have gone anywhere. Marky Mark? Yeah. Uh, you, would, you would have been up for those good vibrations. I would have been. Um, as long as I didn't know that he was like a racist SOB. because He's a reformed racist SOB. <laughs> I'd like to believe that. I have to because I just rewatched Boogie Nights, and I don't want that to cloud what I, how I watch that film. <laughs> you just like seeing that prosthetic. No, I really don't. That's like like I do, like I'm not insecure <laughs> enough. Jesus <laughs> Christ! No, that's all right. So back to Katy Perry. Yeah, um, I guess that's that. Do- really. I don't have much else to say about it. No, I, I don't. It's just like, Katie, I was wrong. Not that you give a shit what I think. But I, again, I've never been more wrong on a number one in my life. Never. Until probably the next time I say, hey, you know what? I've never been more wrong because that'll come up again, I'm sure. Well, apparently I'm wrong a lot because if we go back to a few episodes ago when you quizzed me about what I thought would uh, go to number one, I was wrong on almost all of them. <laughs> we're debating Christmas songs, and I, part of it was being me being Trixie. See, I'm doing another Lord of the Rings thing here. It was Trixie. Some of them were not even released as singles. Yeah, Trixie. Yeah. That was the yeah, like, not right. yeah. They were pretty bad. So, so, so yeah, uh, and I think we we handled that reasonably well because, like we ended last week, I didn't know how. Two straight white Canadians were going to sort of like play around with the LGBT, and I'm going to put a question mark because we didn't really know. <laughs> this was even fitting that category, but we did great. We were awesome. 
what will we be awesome next <laughs> weekend? All right. I, I debated a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to jump off the Katy Perry into Taylor Swift Ugh. and you know, <laughs> calm down. But I realized that only made it number two. So I'm saving you. You don't have to deal with that one. Okay. But I did decide that we should do something a bit relevant. Okay. Um, we're both Canadians, even mm-hmm. though you don't live in Canada right now. There, You may or may not be aware that there's a bit of a dumpster fire going on in our basement just to the south of us. Oh, really? I hadn't heard. Um, huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would be appropriate to do Childish Gambino, This Is America. Oh. This must be our most recent one, then. It has to be. I think so, yeah. It was 2018, maybe 2017. I can't remember now, but definitely spent a few weeks at number one. And it's, uh, I think it's a lot to dig into. All right, so we're going to be super serious next week. I don't think we'll ever be super serious. Well, serious as we can be, so that means fair warning. I'm going to come up with the cheesiest piece of shit I can for the week after just because I'm going to need, uh, I'm going to need to go polar opposite because I've been trying on my other show, uh, the hall of fame show. We always wind up talking about race and sports because well, you kind of have to. It, it's very relevant these days. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like every week I say that I'm not going to, and then I wind up going there a little bit. So, Yeah. But all right, let's let's do that. And I do I I do love this. I I, I it'd also be really interesting how we tackle a song so new. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that too. I was like, we haven't actually done anything newer than what maybe twenty twelve. Yeah, so Gautier would have been the I was newest. Kind of looking at some some newer stuff and trying to pick something. So okay, yeah. Here we go. All right, you man, you made it a tough one for me. All right, I got, I got to put I got to put on my political hat here. Jesus, it's not even something where I can rip on Trudeau. That that I could do nope. all day. I'm sure you could, but no, I I think uh, it'll be interesting because the song's good and it really is somewhat relevant. And um, yeah, there's a lot going on. Whew. And he's the new Lando Calrissian, so I love him for that. <laughs> so I'm a Star Wars geek. What can I tell you? Oh, I already know what I'm going to pick. Uh oh. Yeah. All oh, right. Oh yeah. Be afraid. Be well, very we afraid. We should end this because we're not talking about anything relevant anymore. No. So have a good night, Kirk. All right. You stay safe, Andrea. Thank you all so much for listening. Look for a lot more content from us regularly at NotInHallOfFame.com. It's going to be quite a year. Thanks again and stay safe. 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 Safe.